Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. As as you all hear in that intro, do you celebrate the downfalls with the peaks? Well, that's what The Movement is about. I am your host, Shannon D. Hughes, here for Wednesday, June the 20th. The movement continues here today. I hope everybody is well. Uh, let's, let's give out some particulars right now. Uh, show's phone number is 866-472-5795. That is 866-472-5795. International, we've grown a little bit more now. We have some people over in, uh, looks like it was, I think it was Budapest we had this week. And like I said, Japan and China is growing. Uh, so I'm loving the international uh, flavor that's, that's, that's checking in. Your number is 001 480 398 1405 that's 001 480 398 1405 please email the show shannon at shannon d hughes movement.com that's shannon at shannon d hughes and speaking of movement my guest today has gone through that is in his entire life so what would you say if you're potential NFL career was derailed by a serious injury what would you say if you were left homeless on the street for a period of time what would you say if you learned to hustle on the street at the age of five a lot of people not survived that but my guest today has he is a friend of mine I just got to visiting him last week in California when I was out there last week uh, doing some business and he is joining me today to tell us about his story Juan Montez welcome to the movement how are you my brother I am great. And so good. I'm glad I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate having you on, my man. And, uh, you know, we have to get into this. So let's start from the beginning. Like I always like to do, this is the the, the meaty part of the the interview. Uh, Talk about your early childhood. Ooh, man, I love the intro. Thank you. It was was really good. (laughs) Love it. You left the very vague. No. Let's see, my, my earliest, my childhood, man, um, everything, like you said, I learned how to hustle at the age of five. Um, grew up in Section 8 housing. Um, when I was a little kid, I was constantly beat by my dad. Um, and I was just an angry kid, you know. Uh, my parent, Both of my parents... Um, came to this country to give me to, for the opportunity. I'm first generation in the States and my parents had to sacrifice their dream when they came over so I could live mine. You know, they wanted to give me a better life and everything. And I knew that as a kid, because they would always tell me that. So, I mean, most of my childhood memories were in the streets, you know, at the age of five. Um, cause I did grow up in a very ghetto place, you know, every, every city has its ghetto and right. I, I was, you know, I was that child that always asked why, right. You know, why do I got to go to church? Mm-hmm. Why do I got to go to school? Right. Why do I got to be in at this time? <laughs> and when my grandmother couldn't, couldn't answer that cause she's the one that raised me most of my time as a kid. She's like, you know what? Like I couldn't ask her certain questions. Like why do people do this or 
how, since I'm a boy, what, why do I got to do this? Or, you know, right. so I gravitated towards the streets because they showed me the most amount of love. Um, but it wasn't real love, right. you know? Um, so that, that was most of my childhood. You know, I grew up with drug dealers, um, prostitutes, hit men, um, mm. everything, you know, and I, I truly think that they're the rawest form of entrepreneurship. Right. Right. And when they say hustling, that's exactly what you were doing. So if you don't mind, let's delve into that a little bit. Tell me some Absolutely. of the things that tell me some of the things as a as a God, you basically uh, an infant in my in my opinion, by that age, five, six years old. What were some of the things they were having you doing at such an early age? Um, they would have me hold drugs for them. Ugh. You know, so they, they, they just called me like a, like a mule. You know, mm-hmm. I right. would hide things. for. So they'd call. They'd be like, hey. Um, DEA is going to come to my house, meet me at this place, um, at this time, and we're going to give you two kilos of Coke or five kilos of, of weed. And we need you to hide it for us. And we want it back in about eight hours after DEA, DEA searches and seizes everything that they want from my house. Oh, you know, and I was five and six years old. And, you know, at first they had me like a little circus act, you know, wow. They had me, I grew up, like I said, in Section 8 housing, and there was a cul-de-sac where I lived, and the drug dealers wanted entertainment. So they would literally set up fights, and I would get paid to fight at five, six, seven years old and hold drugs for them. Wait a minute. So at the age of fighting kids, kids your age, people older? Older, my same age. I was always a big kid. Mm-hmm. I mean... Right now, I'm 6'5", 300 pounds, mm-hmm. and, you know, at the, at the age of five, I was wearing clothes for a 12-year-old. <laughs> I was wow. a very big kid. Wow. Wow. And so, when you were doing the fights, Juan, and forgive me if this is a silly question, when you were doing these fights, were there any, I know you said they were using you for entertainment purposes, were there any... I guess consequences for losing or, you know, if you won, did they, you know, you know, obviously a lot of times adults will take advantage of kids because they don't know any better from your recollection. Do you remember what, what the consequences was if you lost? If you won, did they do things more or did they add more to your plate? What can you kind of walk me through that? Absolutely. I mean, um, if you lost, <clears throat> you'd lose respect in the street. You wouldn't have as much street street cred for holding your own. Um, you know, you wouldn't. You'd be known as the kid or boy that can't fight. You know, the one that they can push around, and right. that's honestly what fueled me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Because nobody was paying attention attention to me at home. Right. And they were wow. showing me this fake love of, hey, if you win, we'll give you a hundred bucks. I'm five years old. I was like a hundred bucks. Deep. Wow, right. I can buy all the ice cream with this. <laughs> right, 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 right. So were your were your parents or whatever your people that were raising you? Were they aware of what was going on? Did they care? Did you were they aware of what was going on with you in the streets? Um, uh, no, no. The only okay. one that I mean, really. So my my dad and my mom were always working. 
So right. they were never home. The only time I'd see them was 4 a.m. You know, they'd kiss me good. But my mom would. She'd be like, okay, I'm going to work. And I wouldn't see her till I don't know, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And, you know, come take my grandmother would walk me to school. She'd pick me up. And that was really the only person that knew about it, but didn't do anything. Mm. You know, she, she, she kind of like kept it a secret. She said she would warn me. She'd say, be careful. Don't go right. with those people. Those right. are bad people. Mind your right. business. Right. And you know? what was the, so, for you at that age, were, were you, I don't know if you could quantify this at that age, but were you, did you feel like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, even though I'm this age, five, six, seven years old, you know, I got it. I got everything, you know, you know, you, obviously you weren't living the life that a kid would want to live, but how did you feel? Did you feel like I, I'm independent as a kid could be at this age? I got money in my pocket and things of that nature. I really don't have to listen to my family, but the one on the streets, how did you feel at that, that, that age? Um, I was very arrogant. I was very mm-hmm. arrogant, ignorant. I thought I knew it all at five years old. Right. You know, at the same time, I had a baby brother at five years old since I have two younger brothers. Okay. And my grandmother, super mm-hmm. tough, you know, my grandmother had 12 kids mm-hmm. and she made me grow up at five years old. You know, at five years old, I had a, 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 a new more baby brother and my grandmother was in charge of taking care of him but she made me do it. Ah, you know, gotcha. so I'm in kindergarten and I have mm-hmm. to wake up at four, at 4 AM, the same time that my mom goes to work. I right. have to wake up and my, my grandmother would shake me in my bed at five mm-hmm. years old. And she said, Hey, baby brother needs a diaper change and he needs a bottle. What? Uh, grandmother, grandma, my mom told me that you're supposed to take care of him. She said, Nope you are going to grow up right now. So I guess that was the consequences that she was giving me, quote right. unquote, um, from being in the street because she knew what I was doing. She made right. me work. Right. You know, wow. it should be like, get on your knees and you're going to clean the whole house, the whole tile, tile house with a toothbrush. Ooh, that's old school there. You know, <laughs> that's, that's old school. Yeah, she was, she was very old school, right? We had a washing machine. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't allow, at five years old, she would not allow me to use the washing machine. She would wow. be like, nope, you are going to use a washboard in the sink with a big old bar of soap. Wow. And I was like, but grandma, there's a washing machine. She says, right. I know there is, but that is not what I told you. Wow. You know, so my grandma was very, very tough. At five, year old, five years old, she forced me to become an adult because of the life I chose outside of the household. You know, living in the street, she used to tell me, if you're going to act like them and be them, and she's like, those are grown men. Those are adults that you're not supposed to be with. So she forced me to grow up. And, you know, she passed away two years ago, but every single day I wake up grateful for everything that she taught me. And she really did teach me everything that that it it forced me to grow up. You know, what other five-year-old in kindergarten had to wake up at 4 a.m.? to feed their, you know, feed and diaper change and wow. their newborn baby brother before they even got ready for school themselves. Wow. 
I know that's right. 866-472-5795. My guest Juan Montez is talking about his past life as a basically a hustler on the street. And when we come back, I want to delve a little bit more into your grandmother. And then as you got older, some of the trials and tribulations that you went through as you were coming into adulthood. So we will be back with my guest Juan Montez on the movement right after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at SDHughesEnterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we most certainly would like to hear from you at 866-472-5795, 866-472-5795. I'd like to give a shout out to a couple of markets, the San Francisco market, my hometown of Chicago, up in Toronto, Canada. We've got a lot of listeners tuning in and obviously international Finland and Germany and the Czech Republic and China and Japan. Thank you for listening to the movement as the movement continues to grow. Again, email the show, Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We are back with my my friend, my brother, Juan Montez, uh, author, speaker, survivor, hustler. You name it, this man has done it. And and right before the break, Juan, I, I was talking to you. You were talking about your grandmother. And like I said, you were mentioning some of the chores she had you do as a kid. And I, I was saying some of the stuff she had you do, that's some old school stuff. Uh, and I know she passed away a couple of years ago. And again, my condolences to that. But talk a bit, a little bit more about your grandmother. I know she mentioned some things to you about, you know, running with the people in the street and all of that. Um, she sounded really, really tough. I mean, did she 
I don't know, did she ever put her arms around you and say, I love you, and this is why I'm doing it, or is it just just fall in line and do as I say, and hopefully you'll come out of it? What? Give me some um, some more uh, you know background about your grandmother, if you don't mind. Um, my grandmother was um, black and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in Mexico, very poor family. Um, she had 12, 12 um, kids. And she had a hole down the fort. Uh, out of, she had a big old ranch in Mexico. Um, my grandfather, my grandfather raised cattle out there. And I mean, it was hardcore. She by six a.m. she had to make sure that there was handmade tortillas, breakfast, lunches packed for my grandfather and all his workers. And she lived in a very, you know, almost a rural area where if you wanted water, you had to walk three miles to, um, back and forth just to get water for the day. Mm. You know, her day started at 3 a.m. She had a shower at 3 a.m. with cold water, you know, go take the maize to the mill so she can grind the corn to make the fresh corn tortillas every morning, you right. know. And she was, she was very, very tough. And when she came mm. over to the States, um, she did the exa- she 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 raised me that way as if I was still living way back then, mm-hmm. and like you said, um, she was very tough. Um, but the thing about her was, she she told me why she did it. Right. You know, she yes she she had a lot of you know I have lots of aunts and uncles and plenty of cousins. <laughs> oh my god, I got <laughs> such a huge family. But the thing about me was, for some reason, she always told me baby, you're special. I mm-hmm. see something in you. My, right. my earliest memory of, of her was her telling me, baby, you're special. Mm-hmm. So she really did pour her heart, soul, her heart and soul, and just grew my self-esteem all mm-hmm. the time and, and my confidence in myself ever since I was, you know, I can't even remember, but my, early, my earliest memory of her is, her being loving towards me and right. pulling me to the side, you know, at family functions. And she'll be like, Hey, you're special. You're special. I want you to know that. And, you know, whenever she was making me do these chores around the house, you know, she, she, I would, I would complain and she'd be like, mm-hmm. you know why I'm doing this to you. You right. want to be an adult. You want to run with those people. I'm going to treat you like one. This is what adults do. Life right. ain't easy. You know, and I'd cry at, you know, I'm five, six, seven, eight. I, you know, she made me do it until I was, you know, until I moved out of that house. Right. You know, I didn't move out of that house until I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that ever since I was five years old, almost a decade. And, but wow. she made me work. She made me, she made me work, but she was loving. She was very loving. And, you know, she told me that, hey, you need to do this because you got to have a work ethic. Right. You know, right. she says that, that all that stuff that you're doing in the street, that's easy. That ain't right. life. That ain't life. She says they can take your life, but that ain't life. Mm. And I was like, wow. And, and, you know, and I'd cry and beg to her. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I'm hungry. You know, mm-hmm. if I were to say that I was hungry when I was like cleaning or doing a chore, she'd be like, mm-hmm. okay. Go make food. I'm like, but grandma, you just made food. She's like, no, <laughs> that's my food. You make your own food. Mm. 
And I was, you know, and she, she was very old school. And I'd cry and be like, Grandma, but I'm starving. She says, then cook faster. Wow. <laughs> you Yo, know, Grandma, very, very, very tough. She did not play. She did not play. Um, would you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the discipline that she was trying to instill in you and kind of the work ethic maybe transferred from you raising or help raising your two younger brothers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, business partners with my 17 year old brother. Okay. You know, and we grew up, you know, I I wanted to protect my brothers, Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't allow them to go into the street as much as I did. Right. You know, I never, I never sold drugs. I never, you know, I did some of the drugs that, at, you know, I started doing drugs at nine years old. Um, you know, I was popping ecstasy and smoking, you know, smoking weed. But, you know, other than that, I didn't get deep into the, to the weed. And I was in a very dark place at a very early age mm-hmm. because I thought that was normal. I thought, you know, that, you know, the household, there's a culture inside your household, but one mm-hmm. Once I got out to the street, my grandma couldn't protect me. Right. You know, but the things that she instilled in me, I was able to take with me, you know, and I, and I'd see my younger brother follow me, but I'd kick him back into the house. I'll be like, Hey, you ain't supposed to be out here. Right. You know, at certain times I'm like, and he's like, but you're out here. I said, you worry about yourself. Do what grandma said. You get your own back. You get home. Right. You know, because I didn't want to see him looking at me, as, you know, I didn't want to let him see what I was doing, you know, because I, I knew what I was doing. But at the same time, I liked what I was getting, you know, right. I was a little kid, you know, by 10 years old, I was walking around the streets with a hundred with a hundred thousand dollar watch. Mm. You know, I had the freshest Jordans. I had night, you know, I had the cleanest white tee. I had a nice fresh pair of pressed Levi's and I thought I was, I thought I was it. Right. You know, right. I, I, I thought I was it. Right. But as soon as I got home, that, that, that was gone. You know, I'd have to leave my house to wear that stuff. I had it all stored in, you know, in secure places, but Uh I knew once I was home, it was different. Okay. And I couldn't show those things to my parents. I couldn't show those things to my grandmother. She knew what I was doing, you know, to a certain extent. Because, you know, she told me never lie, always be honest, you know. And it's not that I didn't lie to them. I just kept it a secret, you know. If they right. would have asked, I would have told them. Right. You know? <laughs> right. You know, because I right. was terrified of my grandmother. Right. I did not want to accept, you know, disappoint her. <laughs> I agree. So I was very honest. So she honestly, what my grandmother did, yes, she was very tough, but man, was she that woman loving. She poured her heart and soul into me. And I was the only one of her grandkids that she did that with. Wow, really? She, 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 she poured, I guess she did see something in me. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, but she just, she just always told me, you know, you're it something, you know, she'd tell me and, and a lot of people tell me that I look like, like my great grandfather, her dad, mm-hmm. you know, he was black man from Alabama. 
left Alabama and went to Mexico because okay. he didn't want to get lynched in Alabama. And he's like, you know what? I'm black. I can't can't live out there. Right. Went to Mexico and told everybody in Mexico he was from Cuba. <laughs> you know, he literally he 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 started a new life, and that's how my you know that's how my grandma was raised by my great grandfather. Super tough, gave her a lot of perspective. That's the one thing right. that my, I loved about my grandma. She gave me a lot of perspective, and what she used to tell me is perspective drives performance. There you go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few minutes before the break. Um, let's talk about. I'm back. Back. You were saying you mentioned earlier how you were abused as a as a kid, uh, and that was by your father, correct? Yes. Okay. Did he? And again, I'm not assuming anything, but was he? There was no. I don't know if there was any drug use, or alcohol use. He, he just would just physically abuse you. Was it? Can you talk about that for a few minutes? What? Just somehow? What? Where this was coming from? Was it some sub- substance abuse problem or not? Or was it just he just had an anger issue? Can you kind of talk about that for a second? Um, absolutely. Um, keeping it super transparent with you. I love it. And great questions, by the way. I appreciate it. No um, problem. My father, my father was a very, and still to this day, still to this day, you know, very hardworking man. Um, he, he was very angry when he started beating me, you know, and I understand where he comes from. I mean, I, I see that, you know, he didn't have his father growing up out in Mexico. Right. right. And he, he himself has 10 siblings as well. And he grew up very poor. I mean, he really had to fight for everything that he has in his life. Um, when he was a kid, he used to tell when I was a kid, he used to tell me stories about when I was being ungrateful or something, or when, you know, when my, when my grandmother would say, Oh, Juan was doing this. He did this. He got in trouble at school. He didn't do his homework. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, did he unleash hell? Mm. You know, and he'd give me, he'd give me perspective, um, really bad. He'd tell me, I work, I came to this country with nothing. He, he, he immigrated from Mexico at 16. And he says, I gave up being a professional soccer player to work in the field and pick for you guys. Wow. He says, you guys weren't born, but he, he said that he, he knew there was no better life in Mexico. Because right. as, a, as a kid, he used to steal just to eat food. Mm. He had to steal his, his food just to survive. You know. And when I was a kid, he started beating me at four years old. Okay. So he beat me from four years old to 14. Right. And he really wow. just beat me for the stupidest reason. He'd be like, you're walking funny. And he just, you know, get a ruler and start beating me or get the broomstick, you know. The, and they, um, there was no substance abuse. Um, mm-hmm. There was no alcohol. He was just an angry person, you know. And I understood he just didn't want to, you know, he'd get home from work at at midnight, you know. And even till this day, he still works two jobs. Wow. Till this day, he works two jobs. I pay for everything. I paid for their home. Uh, I pay all their bills. But he is just a workaholic. Wow. 
he is just a workaholic. And I and I can now that I'm an adult, I can see where the where that where his anger was coming from. You know, he was busting his butt, working a minimum of, you know, 18 hours a day, and he had to come home to my grandmother telling him what I was doing wrong and being disrespectful. And the next right. morning, or as soon as he saw me early in the morning, you know, he beat me while I was in my bed. Or, you know, if he got a, if he was lucky and he got a day off of off of work, he'd use that day to beat me for a good three hours. You know, oh. belittle me, cuss me out. You know, he he poured coffee, uh, boiling hot coffee on my back, and oh. he hit he hit my scars really good. He broke every single finger in my in my hand, and I mean, I love him for it. Mm. That, <laughs> you know, now, now that's now that's interesting. Now that's it. You know what? I'm gonna stop you right there. I want to talk about that, and I want you to explain that when we come back from the break, or why you say that. Because you know, people at at an at an adult age would resent their their elder for that. So I want you to hold that. I want you to explain that when we come back from the break. 866-472-5795. My guest, Juan Montez. If you have any questions, please call into the show. Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com is the email address. If you have any questions or comments uh, for Juan, Juan, we're going to come back from break. I want you to answer that for me. So we will be back with Juan Montez on the movement right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. International 001-480-398-1405 for my guest Juan Montez. And 
Uh, I was joking with Juan during the break that a lot of people like to text me during the show that have my phone number. I'm going to say it again. My number is off limits during the show. The only number that counts right now is 866-472-5795. I'm getting a lot of people a little nervous to call into the show. I'm sure Juan would have no problem taking your questions. Uh, there have been people also asking me about where to view the past shows. Um, you can go to voiceamerica.com, check in on the Influencers channel. You can type in my name, Shannon D. Hughes, or The Movement. You'll see my big old mugshot there. And you can pu- pull up our past episodes. Uh, started back from April 11th to the Me Too month of May to the last few weeks. Um, we've gotten a lot of downloads. It's been great. You can also find us on iTunes as well. You can download it as well. And you can leave reviews there. I would greatly appreciate that. And then I also have a show's website. That's Shannon D. Hughes-TheMovement.com. All those past episodes are also on the website and pictures and where to book me if you need me as a speaker, buy my book, and things of that nature. Now, enough about me. Juan, so you said something very interesting just before the break. You, you were talking about how your father was very abusive to you, and but he would tell you why he was doing it. And you said you appreciated him for, you know, some of the beatings you took, three-hour beatings, breaking up the fingers and the scars and all of this other stuff. You said you love him and appreciate him for that. I would love for you to elaborate on that. All right, we're going to try to reestablish one here at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. And as we're trying to get Juan back on the line, um, again, he has come from an abused home. And, we, and you know, he said something before the break. We said he still loves his father uh, and appreciates, you know, the three-hour beatings and breaking of the bones and scars and, um, you know, that – as an adult, that would leave people in a very bad way. Uh, very um, People might not get over that. And for Juan to say that he loves his dad for that, that is, that is very interesting. Uh, I know adults that have gone through child abuse and have not recovered. Some have, a lot have not. That's very traumatic. Um, the... The mind, when the mind, even though it's physical abuse, the mind, once the mind is beaten down, sometimes it, you just kind of fall apart. And for Juan to turn himself into a speaker, an author, entrepreneur, and giving back to the homeless and people on the streets, that, which we have not gotten to yet, that is just um, a, a testament to his part. But to say that he loves his dad for after, you know, abusing him. Because uh, that's what that is. That, I mean, you know, there's discipline. I got spanked as a child, but my, my parents always explained to me, but I never got bones broken and had hot water thrown on me and things of that nature. My parents always explained now times are different now. You put your hand on a child, people react and things are different. But um, I was always explained as a child why my parents always told me why things and they told us they loved us. And I think a lot of times some of the adults that are in pain now probably come from uh, broken homes and 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 uh, adults from back then um, that they don't know how to recover. Um, some may go to counseling, some seek prayer, and it's just a hard thing to um, to get over. And I met Juan back in 2016 on Christmas Day in Southern California, and I knew part of his story. But then listening now, I'm hearing uh, I'm listening more to his story now, um, and he has just been. A testament to what he's meant. He's also a he has a a child along the way, um, as well. 
Um, so he's, it's a testament to him. Uh, 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. We are waiting to reestablish uh, my uh, guest, Juan Montez. And um, I just think what he talked about for his grandmother, um, that's old school. You know, cleaning the house with a toothbrush and telling them to get up and feed the kids and things of that nature. That is that's old school. And I think the world right now could use a little bit of old school. Uh, that we all talk. We all talk about the millennials. And I think we've re- we have reestablished one. Are you back? Yep. There you are. I apologize, my friend. I was just um, going over with the audience and we got a few minutes before we go back to the break. I just wanted you to get back into the last thing you said before the break about, you know, you talk about the abuse uh, that your father gave you and you said that you love and appreciate him for it. And I was saying to the audience while you were away that a lot of adults would not be able to recover from that. And for you to say um, that you love your father for that, I would love for you to elaborate on that for a few minutes here. Absolutely. I mean, the time, because I spent most of my time with my grandmother and my dad was just angry. Mm-hmm. You know, and my grand, my dad was raised a certain way and you know, he, he would tell me what his mom would do to him, you know, and right. she'd beat him with the water hose and beat him with the horse whip, you mm. know, and he did that to me too, mm. but he did it to, you know, he was actually doing bad stuff as a kid and he did it to me for no reason. He'd just say, you look funny. Wow. Well, what do you mean? I look funny. Well, you're walking wrong. How am I wa- I'm walking. How am I walking wrong? And he made me tough, and I, and the reason why I said I love them is he made me tough. He made mm-hmm. me tough. I thought the, you know, my grandmother would always tell me after a beating, perspective drives performance. Right. And she'd give me perspective, and she'd say, hey, he can only parent you with how with what he knows. Right. And I was like, okay. And she and she'd make she would say, hey, at least he's providing a roof over your head. Right. He, he makes sure that there is food in that refrigerator. So although he may beat you, she told me when you're 18, when you want to be a big big boy and be a grown up, then you can do something about it. Wow. Uh, but I love my father for that because he he did not tell me he loved me. He he would just beat me and be tough, and he'd tell me you don't you know friends ain't real and. That's because he was, you know, backstabbed a lot, right? You know, so your father and, had a lot. Of, he had I mean, a lot of trust trust issues, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he was angry, so he unleashed on me, you know. And he would try and beat my younger brother, two younger brothers, and I'd step in, you know. When I'm ten years old, I got two younger brothers by ten, and he's trying to beat them. I'd step in for the beating and say no. You don't beat them. You beat me. You want to beat somebody, you beat me. Right. You know, wow. Because I was that bigger kid. By 10 years right. old, I was as big as them, you know? At 10 years old, I was, you know, I, was, well, I wasn't as big as them, but I weighed right. as much as them. At 10 years old, I was 5'5", five, five, 210 <laughs> pounds. Woo! My God, you were offensive tackle then. My goodness gracious. Wow. Um before the break, we got a couple minutes. Talk about your relationship with your brothers. What was that like? Did you did you have talks with them? How did you, you know, we deal with your your father's violent rages? Talk to, talk to the audience a little bit just before the break here. What was that like? Did you have conversations with them? What what what, what dealing your what was your relationship with your brothers? 
Very close, very close. I was very protective, and I wanted to let them know why he was doing it. If my grandmother couldn't give him an answer, I made sure I gave him an answer. Because right. when it, sometimes we would ask questions, you know, their response was, because I said so. You know, and I, like I said, I was that, why, child? Why this? Why that? And, you know, I gave him an answer. And I would sit down with my brother and be like, how many times did he hit you? And say once, okay, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell him to hit me. Right. If he's that angry, if he's so angry to hit you, hit you once or hit you twice and beat you, I'm going to go in for the next beating. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step in. Um, you know, and, and I'd talk to him and I'd tell him, hey, he doesn't know better. He's angry. You know, let's be on our best behavior. And, you know, we made sure that we had each other's back. Wow, that that's amazing, Juan. You're a man's man. 866-472-5795. 866-472-5795. With my friend and my brother, Juan Montez, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and just a man's man. And um, we are going to roll into a break for a second. But when we come back, Juan, I'm gonna we're gonna hit you with a flurry of questions in the in the in the last segment since I lost you for a little bit. When we come back, I want to talk about the homeless period. I want to talk about were there any times during your hustling days on the street did you know it was wrong and did you know the difference and did you care or not? Then I want to talk about the turn. Like when did you finally say, you know what, I gotta, I gotta start doing things a little bit more productive? And, and I'm sure with the, you know, with your grandmother speaking to you, uh, especially the things that you talk about, perspective drives performance, and the thing you said earlier about instilled the things that was instilled with me, I take with me. It seems like. That's where you are tonight, as I know you. So let's let's that's we're going to cover a lot in the last segment of the show. So we'll be back on the movement with my friend, my brother, Juan Montez. We'll be right back here on VoiceAmerica.com right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795, or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. So what would you say if someone was very successful in real estate, has a very distinguished clientele, donates a lot of time and money to the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the, and the anti-bullying campaign, you think everything was easy for this person, right? No, that's not true at all. Next week on The Movement, join me and my guest, Mashee Bargashavar, and she will talk about what it's like coming up. Um, as a Native American coming up and becoming a successful real estate broker and investor. She also gives back to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, as I said a minute ago, and the anti-bullying campaign and why she she carries her heart on her sleeve as an adult. Join me next week with my guest, Mashid Bargashavar, out of Las Vegas, on The Movement. And the final segment on The Movement is here, 8 Six six. Even though Juan, I keep saying this number, no one wants to call it. Keep texting me on my phone. Eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Shannon at Shannon D Hughes Mover dot com for questions and comments from my guest Juan Montez. All right, Juan. Uh, we I talked about it early in, in the introduction about you being homeless. Um, talk about how that came about. I was eighteen, nineteen at the time. Um, I had lost all my scholarships. Um, to USC because I broke my L4 and L5 for football, went, a commun- went the community college route, gained track and field scholarships to SC, mm-hmm. but I was just so depressed that I went, to become- I went into business for myself. And okay. it was so foreign to my parents, you know, in the Hispanic culture, and, I, and I, not just in the Hispanic culture, but like society today, Right. The gender roles, you know, my mother said nothing. My grandmother said nothing. And my dad, whatever my dad said, went. Right. And he did not approve of me being in business or trying to go into business. And he kicked me out the house. And I was, I was homeless for about three months. And the day that everything turned, that, that's what helped me turn around. Okay. You know, after that, my grandmother passed away. Um, soon after, and I was at rock bottom. I had nothing. I had no family. Um, I was couch surfing, and I was I was truly, truly homeless. I, you know, I spent three days at a park in a slide. Mm. You know, no food. You know, dirty clothes, and that was rock bottom. My I was homeless because my parents didn't disapprove. Didn't approve of me doing business because they've always been hustling. They're still working. They're still working. So they basically weren't, didn't have the entrepreneurial mindset as you. Is that fair to say? Yep. Right. And cause you know, now I'm an entrepreneur now. So you and I, we, you and I have talked about this. That sometimes could be off putting to people that are close to you, especially family and some friends as well. Yep. And, would you say this? So it sounds like that they said, well, how dare you work for yourself? Because, you know, that steady paycheck, you go to work, you know, when that check's coming, 
it's, it's going to. So now you know what it is. But as an entrepreneur, sometimes you don't have a set schedule. You kind of have to go with the day takes you, you. You get it together. So I so so we can go back to life on the street. That's kind of where you where that derived derived from. Correct. Yes. Yes. And so, so let me ask you. So what? So what did Juan do next? So after you couch surfed and you did all of that, what did you do next to start becoming an entrepreneur that you are today? Because now you're a speaker, about to be an author. Tell me what you what you what you're doing, what you did, and what you what you're doing to help people. I totally switched my mindset around. Um, I mean, hitting that rock bottom um, made me stop feeling sorry for myself. You know, right. I owned everything. And not just the good, but I had to own the bad. You know, right. I had to own the stuff that I did in my past life, you know, working the streets, hustling people. You know, I had to live with that and I, and I owned it. And I really took those, you know, I, like you said, I, I used those skills as a, as a kid that I learned in the streets and I applied it to business. And I went head, head first into business. Um, I started doing e-commerce. You know, mm. so every the hottest, biggest trends that you see in here in the U.S., I'm the one. I'm usually the one that brings them over. I bring it right. over from China, bring it over from China, Middle East, and their technology is ahead of ours. You know, they're five years ahead of us, and I brought those to market out here in the U.S. I mean, most people would probably know about fidget spinners. I was mm-hmm. making twenty dollars a pop off of each fidget spinner. Wow. And nowadays, you can buy one for five dollars at Seven Eleven. Mm. Look at that! <laughs> so I look was, at that. So I did that, you know, and I just associated myself with the right people. That that was the big shift, you know. I there did have to leave that life behind, and I yes. had to grind it out. And that's that's why the show is called The Movement, because you have to sometimes change the culture around you and leave that environment. I'm sure your brothers had to play a big part in why you were doing this as well. Is that fair to say? Yes. My 17-year-old brother is my business partner. And we just we took what we learned on the street. You know, we 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 learned how to hustle people. We're like, wow, this feels so good now. We right. we, we don't got to hide the police. You know? We we don't gotta right. hide the activity that we're doing. It's like this is all legit. It's all e-commerce. Um, we have you know we have multiple. We have over forty businesses. Um, e-commerce, social media marketing. Um, I've played around with real estate and did really well. Um, everything. I I invest in private in private companies, public companies, um, forex trading. Um, you know, I, I give I give an angel investor, um, and I do, and I did give away, I give away half of my money. You know, in my in my early years when I when I was acquiring acquiring some wealth, I started giving away most of my money because I remember and I empathize with the people in the streets. You know, wow. and they're not all bad people. Right, they millions of dollars. Of them, they're just they're they're going through hard times, and I remember when I was homeless. Oh, I, you know, I spent three days with no food. I'm a big guy. You know, I'm <laughs> six five, three hundred pounds. I'm a big right. guy, and I didn't eat for three days, and just dirty as hell. And I empathize with the people in the streets, and I was like, wow, you know. Now, now that I'm a, um, now that I'm an adult, I realize that all the materialistic things aren't needed. You know, there's right. a much bigger need in the streets. 
and not not the hustling streets, but the streets in general. There's many. I was just around. I was I was around the wrong crowd. But there, right. there's a lot of good people in the streets that are really just going through a hard time, and I empathize with them because I remember when I was in their shoes. And you're a credit to your field on that. And credit to your field on that. We got a few minutes before we close out. I want you to give everybody your contact information if they want to contact you about your services, and just leave us with a little something to tell the people about how to change the mindset in the couple minutes we have here. Cut negativity. You have the, there's there's four rule. I mean, three three rules that I always tell people. You got to learn how to eliminate, automate, and delegate. You got to eliminate all negativity. You got to automate all the good stuff and positivity, whether it's business, you know, in all aspects of your life, financially, spiritually, physically, mentally. And you got to delegate. You got to delegate where you put your time, money, and energy. All those things that I just said, what you're putting it towards. Mm -hmm. Because that is exactly what you're going to get. Way to get a hold of me is best way would probably be my email or my phone number, but I am not. Gonna, I am not going to put my phone number there because that's that's all right. Just give you your email address. <laughs> it, it is going to blow up. <laughs> yeah. And I like being behind the scenes. You could probably you could re- best way to reach me is on my email at Juan Montez dot Montez three two one at gmail dot com, and you can just look me up. If I want to see how hard somebody's willing to work to go find me, because that is somebody that I know is serious about their life and is serious about changing. I just, I just before the radio, Shannon, I was just talking with an ex NFL player about he wanted me to mentor him because, you know, I was like, wow, how'd you find me? He says, I really wanted it. I really, I was like, I respect you. You really did find me. He, he didn't. He had no information about me. All he did was he saw me four years ago when I used to play football, and he remembered my name. I couldn't have said that any better. JuanMontez.Montez321.com. Juan, my brother, you know I love you. Thanks for coming on the movement, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.